Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the covenants of promise, and particularly the Abrahamic covenant, the one that's still very much in force. Some of the covenants have been fulfilled, but this one is still active, and we see it all through the New Testament. So let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. Let's read from 26 translations. You who had no connection with Christ, you were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel outside of God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. What a terrible place to be. Well, we're learning about this covenant by studying the life of Abram or Abraham. And we followed him up to this place in his life where he is now 99 years old. God has told him that he will be the biological father of his heir. God has told him that he will possess, his family will possess the land of Canaan. And God will give it to them. And, but he hadn't said a word about Abraham's wife, Sarai. Hadn't said anything about that. So let's dig into this and find out what comes next. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And it's interesting what God says here. He said, I'll confirm my covenant. The covenant's already been in, 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 in force. God has been doing this since Genesis 12, but he's unveiling it one stage at a time. Now he is saying it's time to confirm this. Let's, let's, let's get this thing started or get it to a place of significant gain. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. Pay attention to this. You will be the father of many nations. Now, God had told him that before. You will be the father. That's future tense. You will be. Now, let's go one verse later, and I want you to see the amazing change of tense. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now see, in, in, in all these places up and down, Genesis 15 and all the different times that God spoke to Abram, he said, I'm going to make you a father. You're going to be a father. You will be the father. The, the, he who comes out of your own loins will be your heir God has told him this, all right? But now he says, I have done it. I have made you a father of many nations. You know, for 24 years, God built Abram's hopes, but these promises were always future tense. You can't have faith until you have a very particular word from God. There's no way he can believe that Sarah is going to be the mother because God hadn't said anything about Sarah. He doesn't have a promise to stand on. Remember this, all faith begins with a promise of God. You take the promise of God away, there is no faith. If you want faith, you need to find a promise from God. And so that's why we're in this series on the covenants of promise because we want to show you that you have promises that you can stand on. God now has taken him to... Past tense, I have made you a father. So somewhere between verse 4 and 5, God did it. Now, God waited for this thing to reach the stage that it did. Sarah is 89, Abram is 99. He waited for this reason. 
He wanted them to both be hopelessly incapable of bearing children because he wanted the birth of their son to be totally miraculous. Now, now uh, people have asked me, well, didn't Abram father children sometime later? Yes, but it was because God had resurrected his reproductive system and he was still capable of doing that at a much older age. Romans 4.19, look at this. This tells me he was no longer able to, 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 to produce seed. Without weakening in his faith, Romans 4.19, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. If that's not, we're talking about reproduction. That's what this whole thing is about. So if his body is dead, is as good as dead, that means he's incapable of impregnating a woman. Now, he was able a few years before with Hagar, but no longer. He's reached a point where his reproductive organs are not working. But somewhere between verses 4 and 5, God changed it. He said, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, this is how God creates. This is how God does it. And it's an amazing thing that God does here. He creates like this. The Bible says, as it is written, Romans 4, 17, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So that's how God releases his creative power. He calls those things which be not as though they were. Now I want to read you a couple of uh, other stories. And here we're talking about the raising of the dead, so to speak. Well, this is a story of a guy who was raised from the dead. His name is Lazarus. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 43. Now when he had said these things, Jesus, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He's calling things that be not as though they were. Lazarus is dead. Doesn't matter how loud you call in the natural because he can't hear it, and he certainly can't come forth. But Jesus treated this as though it were a reality. So he called those things which be not as though they were. Here's another one. This is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. This is the story of the daughter of Jairus. He's the ruler of the synagogue, and his little daughter had died. And Jesus had agreed to go pray for the little girl, minister to the little girl, heal the little girl before, but by the time they got to the house, the little girl was already dead. Listen to verse 23. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. When the crowd was put outside, he went in, he took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. Now, the same story is recorded in Mark's gospel, fifth chapter. And in Mark's gospel, chapter five, he goes to the little girl and says, Damsel, I say unto you, arise. Now, that's fascinating to me. And what is he doing? He's calling those things which be not as though they were. He never one time says to the little girl, I know you're dead or you're dead or I'm coming you back to life. He says, arise. He, he says, uh, she's not dead but sleeps. He's calling those things which be not as though they were. That's what God does when he wants to raise the dead. So he said to Abram, I have made you a father. Then he gives him a homework assignment. And here it is. 
I want you to call yourself from this day forward Abraham. So if you've ever been confused about which is it, Abram, Abraham, well, he winds up being Abraham because God put one more syllable in his name. He calls him father of many nations. Now, here's what God is doing, and I'm going to read uh, the book of James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, this is what God does. Every time God wants you to follow Him in faith, He gives you a homework assignment. He didn't tell Abraham to do anything extraordinary. He did not have him work a miracle. God doesn't lead people to do uh, crazy things. You want healing for your eyes. You don't go stepping on your glasses. You don't go off your meds when you're believing God for healing. Uh, you, you receive the healing, then you can go off your meds after it's confirmed that you don't need them anymore. That's how God works. We have these ideas that we have to somehow make things happen. That's called presumption, and Satan loves throwing that at people. He does. He puts people under a great deal of pressure, and they presumptively put themselves in harm's way. I want to ask you this. This is a great miracle. I want you to think about it for a minute. Abraham has a son. It was against hope. He believed in hope. Romans 4. You know, there are people healed of cancer all the time, people who recover of cancer all the time, but 100-year-old men whose reproductive organs have stopped, they don't father children, and 90-year-old women don't have babies. They were totally against hope. So when God gave Abraham an assignment and gave Sarah an assignment to change their names... Abraham and Sarah, no longer Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah, it did not put anybody in jeopardy. He didn't give them an assignment that put them in danger. It was a very simple, doable thing, and that's what a confirming act of faith is. When we receive Christ, we're baptized in water. It's doable. It's doable. It's, we take communion when we follow Christ regularly we, we take communion, we take the Lord's Supper. That's doable stuff. Jesus doesn't make us go out and offer our kids or do crazy things. We don't have to do that stuff. We do doable things. Anytime God gives you a homework assignment, that's what He does. So, now for the first time ever, God addresses the subject of Sarai. God also said to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Now, that's the first time that's ever been said. So Abram fell face down, Abraham. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. See, Abram's got tremendous feelings for his son Ishmael. Then God said, Yes, I will let him live under my blessing. And that's the goodness of God. But your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So he gave Abram another assignment, call your wife Sarah. That means princess. You know what God did? He added the fifth letter to the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Hey. Um, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey. 
fifth leather and and for all of you out there who speak good Hebrew, forgive me, I'm doing my best. But he put uh, the the fifth letter the and and the number five is associated with grace, and so this whole thing is a work of grace, and it shows God's great love and grace, and also God's understanding of people. Um, he he tells Abraham and Sarah. Name this boy Isaac. It doesn't mean anything to us in, in English, but in Hebrew, the name Isaac means laughter. <laughs> this is going to get a lot of people laughing, that a 90-year-old woman has a baby and a 100-year-old man is the father, and it's just so ridiculous that let's just have a good laugh. And God's acknowledging that because he has a great sense of humor. So now when this happens, we come to a place where there is a fitting symbol for the new covenant because the Abrahamic covenant will now be a picture of the new covenant. Both of them begin with supernatural birth. Isn't that good? We've been called to a supernatural covenant. That doesn't mean we have a miracle every day, but it does mean that we're begun by miracles. And it also means that we're sustained by miracles. And it also means that we are finished with a miracle. You know what the last miracle is? Guarantee. Either you're alive when Christ returns and you are miraculously given a brand new body, one that never dies, or if we should sleep in Jesus and go home in spirit to meet the Lord, our bodies remain here in the ground on the earth or wherever you decide to scatter the ashes, you're going to be regathered, reconstituted. You're going to get a brand new body. A miracle is going to take place. You will finish with a miracle. You began with a miracle. The very birth of a baby is a miracle. That's why this horrible sin of abortion is such a heinous thing. It is because life is a miracle. And the rebirth of a, of a human spirit when someone trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is an absolute miracle. And throughout our lives, we have opportunities to trust God and look to God for miracles. And that's what we've been called to, an amazing, miraculous covenant. And so I hope you're getting as much out of this as I am. Be sure to share this with somebody. Tell somebody about this podcast and maybe have them go back to the very first ones when I, uh, I did the first section. And, and don't just pick up where we are today because it's best if you start from the very beginning. And then be sure that you go to MyFaithRoots.com and sign up for the free email devotion that comes every time we do a podcast. You get that email with it. And it's just a little pick-me-up blessing that comes to you with some of the scriptures that will help you to wrap your mind around what you heard in the podcast. And, and uh, it'll be a blessing to you. I would encourage you to print them out and keep a file of them. Have a little devotion time with them because I think they'll help you and bless you. Hey, that's all the time we've got for today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll catch you tomorrow. <laughs>